Hello and welcome to the Exploring Excellence podcast, a show where I interview professional service leaders, innovators and client service stars on the importance of people delivering excellent services to drive business performance. I'm your host, Lynn Bromley. I'm an author, speaker, business consultant and the managing director of First Impressions Training. I've spent my whole career in professional services and a large part of it in finance and technology, so I'm a huge fan of all things techie. But I want to make sure that in a world where we're more connected than ever before and strangely more disconnected at a human level than ever before, we bridge that gap between tech and people. So sit back and enjoy the show while I introduce you to today's guest. Hello and welcome to Series 1, Episode 3, and I'm here with James Hodgson, who's Relationship Director at Barclays Corporate. So hello James and welcome. Thank you, hello. Thank you for for joining me today. Um, Just before we start, I'm just going to mention that we are in an office, but it's not unfortunately a soundproofed (laughs) office because we keep hearing the door slam as people go by outside. So apologies for that, it's not us inside the room, it is actually just outside the room. So please ignore the door slamming. <laughs> it's not us having a tantrum. No. Um, okay, so James, tell us a little bit about what you do now. Okay, so I'm a, a relationship director uh, in Barclays Corporates, uh, based in the uh, Birmingham office, but covering Birmingham, Coventry and Warwickshire. Uh, so I manage a portfolio of clients, uh, 30 clients, uh, predominantly in the manufacturing and their technology, media and telecoms industries. Uh, the reason behind that is that pretty much uh, anyone who's a bank manager in the Midlands has to look after manufacturing because it's such a huge part of our economy. Uh, and then technology, media and telecoms, uh, if you know some of the businesses around Warwickshire, uh, Leamington Spa's big for gaming and there's the University of Warwick. Um, so that's a, a big emerging industry for us uh, in the Midlands at the moment. And what does corporate mean? So are they companies that are of a certain size that you manage? Yeah, that's right. So. Um, uh, I work in our sort of medium corporates uh, part of the business, which looks after businesses turning over six and a half million to 30 million. But then within Birmingham, we look after the whole range of businesses, right up to sort of PLCs turning over into the billions. So uh, we can pretty much do uh, look after anything, really. And how long have you been in your, in your current role? Uh, good question. Uh, two years, I think. Uh, just over two years, yeah, as a relationship director. And then I've been in Barclays for... Eight. So we're uh, just about just about getting the experience, I think. And what got you into banking? Have you always been in banking, or is this uh, more of a, a change in career later? No. So I've been in I've been in Barclays, in fact, my whole career Have thus you? far. If you ignore some of the jobs before university, which I like to, um, <laughs> I joined on the uh, graduate programme. So yeah, eight years ago. Uh, I spent two years on our graduate programme after even being on the internship the summer prior to that. Um, so I'm definitely uh, at Barclays through and through at the moment. Um, but did a range of roles, but the p- predominantly in corporate and predominantly customer facing really, because mm. that's the part of the job I enjoy, going out, seeing businesses and speaking to people. Brilliant. And the, the podcast is called Exploring Excellence. So I'd love to know what does that mean? What does, it, what does excellence mean to you? Oh, that's a big question. Uh, yeah, I mean, excellence is many things, I guess, but uh, in, in the sort of relationship director role, um, I look after, as I say, 30 clients. And, and for me, sort of excellence and, and service uh, excellence for those guys is really getting to know the business well. Um, because I have a, a smaller portfolio, 
it gives me the opportunity to really get into the business. Um, I try and go and see my clients sort of once a quarter, uh, understand the opportunities they've got, um, what their sort of strategic goals are, which then informs sort of what I can do to help them as a bank manager. So how important do you think it is to have great people who deliver great service? I think especially, I guess, in the financial services industry, as well as most professional industries, I guess we're, we all sort of provide the same thing. And the only real differentiator for me is the people. Uh, when we look at, at service or when I look at service on my portfolio, I'm really fortunate in having two uh, relationship support managers, Pat and Sam who are vastly more experienced in banking than I am actually uh, and they really act as the anchor point for our clients uh, so they tend to spend most most days at the desk um, which means that when a client has an issue they've got someone they can pick up the phone to um, and who knows the business knows the people and can then solve the problems that the client has I think for me there's sort of two sides to service there's I guess the reactive side and then there's the proactive side and I think um, with Pat and Sam uh, able to help on the reactive side. So from a bank perspective, that tends to be, you know, we want to know what's going on with a payment. We need to stop one. We've got to check something, something like that, which in and of itself isn't um, incredibly important. Uh, it's not a priority, but actually it's very important at that moment in time to solve it quickly, not take up too much of someone's day um, and give it gives an opportunity to give good service. So that sort of reactive service is kind of the um, getting the basics right, I would say. And, and for us and for myself at Barclays, the aim is to sort of go above and beyond that. Um, and again, that comes down to individuals and, and learning what matters to your clients. Um, so I would look to be sort of proactive um, over and above some of the some of the day-to-day -day stuff, which really adds value to my clients. So proactivity, um, can mean anything from going out to them with a with a product idea which uh, from a, from a bank perspective a new innovation or something that they may not have thought of but actually <clears throat> what I like to do is is sort of take it to the next stage so by having sort of an industry focus I'm able to speak to businesses that are all operating in similar industries uh, have similar problems and similar challenges and actually can maybe learn from each other so one of my favourite things to do is get everyone around the table, share some best practice, and maybe even open up some old war wounds um, and hopefully help each other to sort of move forward. Uh, that, that can go to the next level as well. Um, so if someone's looking to make an acquisition or someone's looking for an introduction to an advisor, they're the opportunities as a, as a bank manager or a relationship director, they're the opportunities to really add value and, and, and become what we call a trusted advisor, um, which is something a little bit more than a post box to uh, if someone wants to borrow money and really becomes an integral part of the business. Um, and by having relatively small portfolios that we can get close to, it positions us really well to do that. Mm, that sounds like a really great service and you're really tailoring your service then to your individual clients and to, and to what they're looking for, so that sounds great. Mm. Um, tell us a little bit about the culture at Barclays. You mentioned there that it's about going above and beyond. Tell us a little bit more about the culture and what it's like to work there. Yeah, I mean, it's very customer focused. Uh, I mean, Barclays as a whole is a huge company, as you know. Um, but I guess what, what I see from the culture is, is the team around me. Um, we're, we're a relatively small uh, corporate team in, in this sort of uh, the Birmingham Coventry in Warwickshire 
team and that's uh, 12, 13, 14 people um, who work really closely together and the focus every day really is delivering for the customer. Um, be that uh, ensuring that the support guy, so Pat, Sam, my team and, and, and their colleagues are as well informed about all of our customers as possible or actually more often than not it's getting out there, seeing customers and doing for them what they want from the bank and really it's tailoring that approach, um, not trying to make it a cookie cutter, one size fits all approach, but actually knowing that the business is an individual or the people that we speak to are individuals and they need to be treated appropriately. Um, so some, for example, are more technology savvy than others. So it's about being able to support those um, when it comes to uh, new systems or solutions. And then others who are really up for uh, new new innovations, making sure that we're getting them involved on pilots and other things like that. Um, really just trying our best to put the customer at the heart of everything that we're doing. Mm. When you mentioned there about innovations and technology, I'm imagining, certainly from a, a customer point of view on the outside, <laughs> yeah. there's been a huge amount of change in banking over the last probably 10, 20 years yeah. and, and continuing to, to change at a, a rate of knots. So what, what's that meant for you inside the bank? How, how have things changed in your role um, with the emergence of, of more technology? Well, as I said, I've, I've, uh, even in the eight years that I've been in, in banking, it has changed dramatically. Um, I think, you know, the internet, digitalisation, um, it, it, it's become a part of our everyday, everyday lives um, and it's become a part of our everyday jobs as well. Um, I guess the, the point that you're mentioning or inferring, I guess, is the branch uh, that, you, I guess, 20 years ago, the branch was at the heart of what everyone did when it came to banking. Um, and that's not so much the case anymore. I don't know the figures, but I know from my own experience of going into a branch um, that there's not as many people using them anymore. Um, and that's because you know a lot of the solutions now are online um, and uh, therefore there's just not that requirement to, to go into one banking hall and, uh, and have all the uh, solutions there. Um, in terms of how that affects our role and, and our, our, our dealings with corporate clients, uh, from my perspective as a relationship director, not as much as you may think. I think fundamentally whilst the systems for day-to-day -day banking are still the same, the relationships with people don't necessarily change. Mm -hmm. um, I fundamentally deal with people, uh, not systems. Um, when I'm looking at a business, uh, I'm looking at the management team. Yes, I'm looking at the financials, um, but actually uh, the this sort of internet and uh, the systems don't necessarily affect that per se. I think there's a perception with banking that it's become a bit computer says no, mm -hmm. um, but actually certainly in the corporate world, it's very much predicated on, uh, as a relationship director, my recommendations, um, my assessment of things like the financials, but actually my belief in the management team uh, and the relationships that we've formed, um, that plays a huge part in it. I think, um, some of the innovations actually are really beneficial. Um, so online banking uh, is generally really good, a really good thing. I think for businesses, it must have improved efficiencies. You know, finance teams that we talk to, you know, in comparison to like you say, twenty years ago, they're they're in the office and and they're able to sort of do their job. And something that may have taken them hours previously takes them seconds. Um, so there is definite benefits there and. So the, the remaining things that the branches are use, used for, like 
taking checks, for example. Even that's being looked at at the moment. Um, something called check imaging is, is something that all banks are working together uh, to effectively remove the need for people to take physical checks into branches. It will be using your smartphone, taking a photo of the check, and then it credits your account. Mm. So things like that are actually really beneficial. Um, I guess there's a slight uh, dark side to some of that in that what we see a lot of and what we talk a lot about with clients is some of the risks that are posed by technology uh, in the form of fraud, um, which which is a real a real hot topic. Um, when you're talking sort of medium-sized businesses, um, it's something that uh, people are eminently aware of, um, but don't necessarily know enough about from their perspective to be comfortable as they're running the business. Yes. Yeah, and I, I just want to go back to a point you made, because I think it was really interesting, and I think it's a point that people wouldn't necessarily appreciate, is when people do come to a bank and they're looking for finance for, for maybe to help them to grow, mm. I think people have that perception that it's all about the figures and it's all about their forecast, their P&L, their balance sheet, their cash mm. flow. Um, but in actual fact, you, you mentioned that it's, it's often about the management team and about the idea and the, the trust that you have in the people. So I think that's a really good point for people to take away, is for them to realise it is still about the relationship. It isn't always just, obviously the figures have got to. Yeah, the figures, it well, helps when the figures add up, definitely. <laughs> but no, you're quite right. I, I think um, there's all, all good businesses will go through periods where it's challenging um, and... I think the difference between those that really struggle uh, and maybe ultimately fail and those that succeed and flourish tends to be the individuals that are in there managing them. Um, yes. And, you know, the skill, I guess, in the relationship director job or whatever you want to call it, um, is being able to identify that, um, build relationships with those people, build trust on both sides mm-hmm. um, and therefore sort of be comfortable in recommending and supporting requests that maybe the numbers on their own in, in isolation may not support. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. No, that's really, really helpful. Going back to what you mentioned there about risk, so tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, I think when a business is considering risk and, and maybe considering coming and speaking to the bank about a loan, uh, it, it's something that's worth bearing in mind because obviously banks are there to support businesses um, but there is a risk appetite that makes a a difference to the decision making process Uh, and I guess through my years in banking um, I've seen different approaches taken by clients uh, some which are more successful than others Um, but I think probably that the most important aspect and something that sometimes gets overlooked especially when a business is growing quickly uh, is cash Um, I think it's great to have a business that's growing your sales um, and it's it's important because inherently that does generate cash um, to support further growth but I think you really need to uh, as a business owner spend time forecasting what that cash is looking like spend time making sure that a contract that looks great on the uh, on the face of it when you factor in all the other costs and the time um, that you're going to have to put into it and the time it's going to take to get paid, um, that it's still a profitable endeavour for you to look at. I think that's a, a fairly common um, oversight to begin with um, when we're having conversations uh, to just think, well, I'm going to get this in the end um, and therefore it's going to be worthwhile. And unfortunately, that's why a lot of companies that grow quickly end up struggling from a cash flow perspective. 
Um, that being said, I think the most important thing would be to have a conversation with your bank manager or your financial advisor or um, someone that you trust um, to have that conversation uh, and to see whether what you're considering as an investment or a contract is, is the right thing for your business. Um, I think from my perspective, that's a position that I would like to work towards with my clients, that they would want to pick up the phone to me and say, we've got the opportunity to buy a, buy a company and we think it's the right thing to do with models um, that their turnover is X and they're, they're going to add this profit to our bottom line. Um, what do you think? And, and that is where the question's like, well, what's the impact on cash? Um, what's the impact on management time? Are you going to be able to run two businesses at once? All these questions that um, I guess because I've had the, um, the fortune to see, I guess, both sides of the coin um, with customers that have had successful transactions and customers that have maybe had slightly less successful ones. Um, I think, I guess I can, I can bring that experience to bear. Um, so I would just say, if you're not sure, sort of seek out some experience um, and you'll find people are more than willing to, more than willing to help when they can. Great. And you also mentioned earlier on that um, often online can be a risk when people are banking online and so on. So how can people mitigate against that? Yeah, it's, it's one of the most common conversations that I'm having with clients at the moment. Uh, fraud is, is becoming um, a real hot topic. Uh, and I think companies have realised that regardless of the size, um, you don't have to be at the NHS or a huge globally recognised brand to be targeted by sort of hackers or fraudsters. Actually, they, they sort of, uh, they don't discriminate. Uh, they'll, they'll sort of uh, target anyone that they think may be a lucrative target. Um, one of the things that, uh, that we've done within Barclays, which is specifically to help customers who are concerned about fraud, is uh, there's a new role that's come in supporting the relationship support managers, Pat and Sam in my case. There's a, there's a chap in Birmingham called Harley who's a specialist support manager and that role is, is all around the country um, and his, his role is specifically targeting digitalisation and fraud prevention. So he sort of wears three hats, one of which is supporting clients on internet banking platforms and technology, um, which is important especially for those clients that aren't as au fait with technology. I don't think it's right to force people onto uh, systems they're not comfortable with and, and that's what Harley's there is to build up people's confidence um, on those systems. Secondly, he's talking about branches, funnily enough, going back to something else we've talked about, um, talking about branch utilisation and, and how whether or not people need to be spending and investing the time going to a branch or if there's a solution that they can, they can use. But I would say 60-70% of his time at the moment is spent uh, talking to customers about fraud. Um, hopefully talking to customers, helping to educate them. Um, I like to have him come and sit at clients' team meetings because realistically, unfortunately, as human beings, we're probably the weak spot um, in fraud prevention. So actually, if, if myself and Harley can sit in a team meeting um, with the finance team, even with the guys on reception, these are the sort of frontline people that are going to be targeted potentially by fraudsters. And if you can give some, some top, sort of top tips that people can take away um, that might just prevent them from giving out personal information on the phone, clicking on a link that they shouldn't be clicking on uh, from an email, or falling for some sort of impersonation fraud. So we see 
email spoofing, so pretending to be the FD requesting a payment, that's very common. Or people phoning up pretending to be from Barclays. Um, what we try and do is educate the team so that they know, look, if someone's calling and saying they're from Barclays, if you're not comfortable, no one in Barclays will ever be offended if you put the phone down on them, because we would much rather you were cognizant of the fraud risks um, and protecting yourselves and your business. And even if that may mean slightly uh, putting someone out by putting the phone down on them, uh, then actually you continue with the conversation, can get emotionally sucked into a message that, that a fraudster is giving you and saying you need to log on and make payments or you need to do X, Y, and Z. Um, that's really when when uh, danger that danger is uh, evident for a business because um, we've unfortunately we do see um, successful fraud attempts, which is the other side of sort of Harley's role is trying to help mitigate um, when a client thinks, oh God, I think I've just been uh, defrauded. Mm -hmm. So he's a really useful resource to people yeah. to pick up the phone and say, oh, what do we do? This has never happened to us before. And hopefully um, he can he can try and sort of make sure that the money's stopped before it goes mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah, that sounds um, like a great service. Yeah, he's very busy. Um, but, we, but we like that. We like to uh, use and abuse him as much as possible because yeah. he's uh, he's really knowledgeable. Um, clients really really enjoy the insight that he provides. Um, and although he does sometimes scare people a little bit uh, with his stories, mm. but you know, I'd rather I'd rather slightly scare a customer and, and save them uh, being defrauded than stay quiet and 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 they're perfect right targets. Mm. Yeah, I've seen some emails come in where when you look at it, it looks as though it's come from a, a source like a credit card provider or a, a banking provider. And then when you actually look at the, the email address, it's got all sorts of X's and numbers and it's not a proper email address. So they've just used that as an alias to make it look as though it's come yeah. from the provider. So if ever I'm in, in doubt, I always look at the actual email address. So it almost looks as though you're going to reply and, and, and look at what the address is properly. Absolutely. Um, so that's it's a good well way of doing. just double checking if you're unsure, isn't it? But they're so clever at, at copying these things. The other way that um, we, we sometimes see Harley being used is actually almost on a corporate social responsibility side. Mm -hmm. So he's um, presented to full um, companies of staff, not about protecting the company from fraud, but actually about protecting the employees, um, because just it's very similar tactics to be targeted personally mm -hmm. um, as it is to be targeted um, as a business. And so being aware of those risks, looking out for spoof emails like that. Uh, I mean, even spoof phone calls, uh, they now have a technology to sort of mirror a, a, f a phone number that's coming in. Um, so you might Google it and think, oh, it's HMRC or it's Barclays, but actually there's no way of uh, being sure of that. So if you can speak to someone you know to verify that, then I think that's always the safest option. But yeah, you, you've got to be very vigilant nowadays. And uh, unfortunately, that, that seems to be the world we live in. Good advice. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So both of us are giving our time freely uh, to talk on the podcast today. So one thing that I like to do is to ask if you've got a charity that you'd like people to make a donation to, if they've enjoyed listening to the, mm -hmm. the podcast today. Um, so is there a particular charity that either you support or that Barclays support that you'd like to, to put forward? Um, I, I've been selfish and gone for one that I support. Um, so you may tell from my voice that I'm I'm not from the Midlands. I have uh, noticed yes, that. Yes, <laughs> I'm from I'm from up north in a coastal town. So normally I would say the RNLI, but um, I thought I'd go for a slightly smaller charity, which maybe less people know about, um, called the Ambulance Staff Charity. 
Um, I don't know if you watch programs like paramedics or ambulance, but uh, I've got a number of family members that have or do work in the ambulance service. And the ambulance staff charity is, is set up effectively to support um, either current or ex-staff um, from the ambulance services across the country um, in times of need effectively. So if they're in a, a mental health crisis or if they're in a physical health crisis or financial issues, then that's there as a, as a sort of fallback um, to support these people who, I guess, do incredible life-saving work. Mm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's the one I'd, I'd ask wow. people to Google and have a look at. Yeah, that sounds like a great charity, and I'll, I'll put the link on the, the show notes as well so people can, can go and have a look and Brilliant. make a donation. Thank you. And, and if people would like to find out more about Barclays, where should they go? I guess they're fairly easy to find, really. I was going to say, <laughs> if people want to find it, I think they could spend hours, probably years of their life, reading things about Barclays. If, if you're desperate to then it's barclays.com um, if you're interested in uh, reaching out to me then I'm on LinkedIn um, you can probably uh, find me if, uh, if you put me in there um, and yeah please feel free to reach out and we can have a chat. That's brilliant thank you very much for your, your time this afternoon. Thank you. Apologies about the sound quality on that recording it really wasn't great but I hope you persevered to the end as the information that James shared was really good. I think it was really interesting to hear about cash flow and risk. I think they're really useful for for business owners as well as senior leaders and managers in organisations. I think it was also really interesting to hear about how decisions are made on lending. As I mentioned, I think most people would assume that they're made purely on cash flow projections, whereas in actual fact, it is often about the relationship that, that the relationship managers have with their clients and the people involved. So really great information to hear. And I was particularly interested to hear James talk about the fact that the only difference in, in a business like banking are the people and that fundamentally it's the relationships with the people that don't change and he works more with people than systems in the corporate world so fascinating to to hear all of that and actually as i mentioned the decisions based on on relationships as well when it comes to to lending so it's all very much about people and relationships in banking so i'd love it if you enjoyed that podcast and you got some great information from it I'd love it if you'd like to go and rate and review us on iTunes. That will really help to get the word out. Please do share the podcast. And if you or someone you know would like to be on the podcast, if you're perfect for being interviewed all on the subject of exploring excellence, specifically in professional services, then please do get in touch. You'll find all of the contact information on the show notes. So until next time, thank you very much and bye-bye.